Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of Love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, the last line from our first reading is one of the most mysterious and compelling lines in the Old Testament. It's the book of Exodus. The Lord is speaking to Moses. Here's what he says. I will make you a kingdom of priests. The you here is the you in the plural. He's talking to all of Israel. I will make you a kingdom of priests. The whole nation of Israel will be turned into mediators between God and human beings. That's what a priest is, what a priest does. A priest performs sacrifices, which in different ways link together divinity and humanity. They bring God to people, they bring people to God. Here's what the Lord is saying to Moses. I have chosen Israel, not because they're specially gifted, not because they merit it, and not for their glory. I've chosen Israel. They are my special people. Why? Because I want to make them into a whole nation of priests whose purpose will be to draw all the world into friendship with me. Extraordinary promise. Jesus was recognized by the first Christians as the Messiah. That means the one in whom all the promises to Israel were fulfilled. In fact, that's mentioned in the early charismatic preaching of the first apostles. This Jesus is the one in whom all the promises made to our ancestors have been fulfilled. So here, it is through him that Israel becomes a nation of priests. Who's the new Israel? The body of Christ. The new Israel is the church gathered around Jesus Christ as his body. Its purpose? To be a priestly nation, a priestly people, mediating between God and the rest of the human race. Listen now, in the Gospel of Matthew, as this is described, Jesus begins this work. At the sight of the crowds, the heart of Jesus was moved with pity. They were lying prostrate from exhaustion like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus looking out at the people, lost, exhausted, without leadership. That's the compassionate heart of God. Looking out at all the nations of the world, and being moved with compassion for them, how he wants them into friendship with him, how he wants them fully alive. So listen now what he does. Then he summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority to expel unclean spirits and to cure sickness and disease of every kind. He chose 12. Why 12? 
because they are symbolic of the 12 tribes of Israel. You, Israel, shall be a priestly nation. So now, Jesus, in drawing to him these symbolic 12, is beginning to form the new Israel. We, the baptized, all of us, are the descendants of these 12. It's true, of course, to say that the bishops of the church are, in a very unique way, the successors of these 12. But, you know, all of us baptized are successors of these 12. We're all priests. By baptism, you become a priest as well as prophet and king. You become someone whose purpose is to reconcile God in the world. It begins here. It begins here when Christ gathers to him the twelve. Their purpose? To sanctify the world. Their purpose? Missionary. The church is by its very essence, by its very definition, missionary. It's not something we happen to do. It's who we are. Can I invite you to reconfigure your thinking about the church? We tend to say, the church is that place where I will find my personal salvation. Let me ask you to think about it slightly differently. The church, rather, is that place where I participate in the great mission of Jesus Christ. The church is that instrument formed by Christ to draw the world into friendship with him. Now listen, will I find my personal salvation in participating in that mission? Yes, that's how I find it. Don't think of it in that very individualistic way that I will be saved by participating in the structures of the church. Rather, by participating in the mission of the church, becoming part of it, I will find my personal salvation. How do you think about your family? Think about them as part of this mission. Its purpose, the purpose of your family, is to evangelize. The purpose of your family is to proclaim Jesus Christ. How do you think about your parish? Well, that's a place where people come to receive the sacraments. Yeah, true, fine. But the ultimate purpose of your parish is to become an instrument of evangelization. Are the sacraments essential to that? Yes, of course. But your ultimate purpose as a descendant of these twelve is to proclaim the gospel of Christ. Now here's some good news. Listen to the people that he chooses. He draws to him twelve. Simon, now known as Peter, his brother Andrew, James, Zebedee's son, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Well, these twelve, the new Israel, the church. Did Jesus see in them qualities that he admired? Sure, of course he did. That's why he chose them. Did he see that these men had certain capacities that would make them effective in this work? Sure. But the gospel couldn't be clearer that all these people were also deeply flawed, deeply ambiguous sinners. Peter, 
who never seemed to understand the Lord, always getting his words wrong. Peter, who was often rashly at odds with Jesus' will. Peter, who at the moment of truth denied that he even knew him. James and John, as the Lord is walking toward the cross in Jerusalem, are asking for the first and second seat in the kingdom. They're filled with ambition. Simon the Zealot, a man consumed by violence. Matthew, we saw him last week, the tax collector. Judas, of course, who betrayed him. Thomas, who doubted the resurrection. All these people, all these people. Flawed, riven, divided, sinners. Okay, that's good news. Because Jesus continues to call such people to him. You, the baptized, you listening to me. Did Christ place in you powers that will make you effective in the proclamation of the kingdom? Yes, that's why he chose you. That's why you're baptized. That's why you're a member of the church. And are you a sinner? Mm Mm-hmm. I am too. We all are. And yet, Jesus summons us. Jesus wants us to do his work. You know, I was thinking about this just last week. We ordained 18 men here in Chicago to the priesthood. God knows what a difficult time this is for the church and for the priesthood. The scandals that have rocked the church over the past really 10 years, but recently, just two years ago, the terrible scandals especially. We know our sin. If we had any illusions about it, they're gone. Any doubts about it, those have been dissipated. We know the sinfulness of the church. And yet, mysteriously, strangely, Jesus continues to call people. Here these 18 men come forward, and they came from all over the world. We had candidates from Vietnam and from Poland and from Africa, from Latin America, from this country, all over the world, mysteriously drawn to that place to offer themselves in the priesthood. Christ is still at work. This same Jesus Christ who called the twelve, is still calling around him men and women to do his work. Some as priests, some as deacons, many as lay people, to do his work of evangelizing the world. Now what's the good news? That these twelve were commissioned to proclaim? That we are still to this day being commissioned to proclaim? What is it? He says, as you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. That's our job. That's our job. Those are our marching orders. That's the agenda. Our job as a church is to proclaim to the world the kingdom of God is near. What's the kingdom of God? It's God's order. God's order. God's way of being. It's seeing with new eyes. It's thinking with a new mind. Seeing the world as Christ sees it. God's way of ordering things through compassion, through justice, through the forgiveness of our enemies, through love. This has come near in Jesus Christ. God's forgiveness offered in the cross and resurrection of the Lord. God's justice reestablished through that cross. God's love poured out through the incarnation. What's our job as a church? To announce it, to proclaim it, 
to embody it in our own lives. As you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. The entire apparatus of the church is simply about that message. The last line, the Lord says to his twelve, you receive without payment. Now give without payment. What's the way of the world? The ordo, the order of the world? Exchange. A tit for tat. An eye for eye. A tooth for tooth. You do something for me, I do something for you. This game of exchange and careful calculation, that's the way of the world. What's the way of the kingdom of heaven? Grace. Grace. One way to sum up what the whole gospel is about. One way to sum up the whole mission of the church. Grace. What you've received as a gift, give as a gift freely. What you receive without payment, now you give without payment. There's the message of the church. God has given us in Jesus Christ, free of charge, this great gift of mercy, this great gift of justice, this great gift of forgiveness. Now you give it away, also without cost, without demanding return, without strings attached. The order of God, giving away as a grace what we receive as a grace. And Christians, when we do that, when we embody that, we proclaim the message and we fulfill our function as the new Israel. We become thereby a priestly people, a holy nation. And we fulfill this call of the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. Most interment arrangements at the 42 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries are made through a pre-need plan. Your thoughtful planning today is economically prudent and contributes to peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Catholic Cemeteries counselors are available at your convenience. For more information, call 708-449-6100. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.